This episode is brought to you by HP Instant Ink. No one is reading your mind, but HP Instant Ink knows when your printer is running low and sends new cartridges before you run out. So you never have to think about ink. For details, visit hp.com slash instant ink Spotify. Conditions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Signals from the Frontline, every Wednesday live cast here on Twitch. Brought to you, as always, by FrontlineGaming.org, where you can get your tabletop gaming goodies at a discount all the days of the week. I'm your host, Mr. Reese Robbins, and with me, as always, Mr. Jason Butler. That's right. Gonna mix it up. <laughs> yeah, mix it up. Good, good radio right there. <laughs> we usually introduce you as the Salty Banana or the Raw True. Dog or something like that, but uh, he has a normal name, and oh, it is no. Jason. The Facebook requests are coming in. Uh-oh. Yeah. You better watch out, buddy. Uh, so we are back. We took a hiatus last week. We did not broadcast because we were at the BAO or the Bay Area Open, mm-hmm. which for those of you who don't know, that is the longest running event uh, in our sort of uh, uh, repertoire of events that we run. And it was the event that started Frontline Gaming. It, it kind of set us down this path yeah. uh, that we're on. And it was the ninth annual Bay Area Open, which is insane. Yeah, I can't believe we've been doing it for this this long. I really would like to go back to the barn. Just do a throwback event. It'd be fun because they had the space that was next to us that was always having the quinceanera. Or like like a cattle auction. Yeah, like, you know, like, like some that. barnyard hoedown. There'd yeah. be like pigs running around. Um, but we would have pigs running around too. Uh, <laughs> different sorts. Yeah, different species. Um, so uh, yeah, it was fun though. It was fun. It was really fun. The, the first BAOs were a blast. I mean, that's where we got, that's how we got everything. You'd open those doors going. up and the, the breeze would come in with that manure smell. <laughs> Just, it was a, my yeah. favorite part of the early BAOs when we were telling people like, all right, so you go down this, it's like way out in the cuts. You're like, you go yeah. down this road and then you, you go down the dirt road over the, the bridge, over the creek. Yeah, you have to go over the creek bridge. <laughs> And though my favorite part was the hotels that were in the area that people had no idea about. Yeah, and there was like just... prostitutes in the parking lot. <laughs> Not so. the best city in the Bay Area, but it was affordable. And that's and it was a barn in the not best city in the Bay Area. So that's how we got started. Oh, I should remember you guys making terrain for that. You guys were nuts. You'd sit there all day long, dude, and just I'm, make that terrain. Here we are, nine years later, and I'm still making yeah. terrain. I'm so sick of it. Oh, I know I had man. to help you out that first year. I wasn't even part of frontline gaming. I just yeah. was uh, like your roommate. I wasn't even a roommate at the time. I don't think I just went. No. You guys were like, can you help me out? Yeah. And we, I was like, what am I, what do I get myself into? Like, we, we didn't really know each other that well <laughs> at that point. Yeah. No. Oh, good, good times. Anyways. But it was shortly thereafter that I moved in with you. Yeah. Uh, because we started frontline and I needed to save money. So I moved yeah. into your living room. <laughs> One bedroom apartment. <laughs> Two guys. Bay area. Oh boy. Yeah. Uh, but that's how we got, that's how we got going. And, uh, in those early days, it wasn't pretty, but it was fun, yeah. and uh, and then here we are. Well, you didn't see you didn't see tournaments like that Mm-mm. at the time. Like it blew me away when I when I saw like anybody any tournament that was over like twenty people. It was a big I was deal. like, whoa, this is insane. And then I'd go to like Bay Area Open, or they used to have one down in uh, in. Um, Fresno. In Fresno. What was that one friend? Uh, that, that was the um, the brawl in the fall. But that that wasn't a thing yet. Because back back then, uh, in, back in ye old days, there was only three events that were like bigger than a, a 150 people. Right. You know, there was Adepticon, which had been going forever and was kind of like, they blazed the trail and showed everybody yeah. that what you could do. And then the Nova Open had happened the 
year before the BAO, like mm-hmm. just months before it. Or I get it was about it was about ten months early, like a year. Mm-hmm. And then we had gone to one in LA, uh, run by these guys. They were called the Sprue Posse GT. They've since kind of moved on, mm-hmm. but um, they were a bunch of Magic guys. And then they came at it with a because back in the old days, you went to a tournament. It was like these kind of like wackadoodle crazy missions that somebody just made up and nobody play tested. And then it was like total hobby scoring. And, stuff. and that was just kind of what you were used to going to a 40K tournament. Yeah. And then at that time, we started to see people say like, all right, well, look, let's run this a little bit more like a chess tournament. And um, and then that was what they had done over at Nova. And then the Sprue Posse guys ran a really unique format where um, it was much more like a magic tournament. Yeah. Right. And we were like, oh, wow, this is so much fun. And so we threw our, that's why we decided to throw our hat in the ring. And, um, you know, we were hoping to get you know, 80, 90 people and we ended up with a hundred and something and we were mm-hmm. over the moon because that put us on the map. No, there was nobody else running events that big, um, that were, that were well known. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it just kind of, here we go. I think we did like 128 or something like that the first year and we had like a hundred show up, 110. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy, but, um, it was fun, man. And now, you know, a hundred person events, like no big deal. Right. There's, you know? I mean, every weekend there's tons yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. A um, lot of fun. A lot of fun. So yeah, we had uh, the ninth annual BAO just came and went and we'll talk about that more in a bit. Actually, you know, let's answer some of these questions because these are yeah. funny. Um, hey, that's The nice. Stiff Neck Studio says the swole, salty, tatted banana. He's not swole. Water. Get out of here. Swollen with water and carbohydrates. <laughs> Uh, Novastar87 says, fluffy, I miss the barn BAOs. It was fun, man. Uh, people would like uh, tailgate in the parking lot, which was dirt. Yeah. <laughs> Drinking beer in, yeah. The, in the bed of your truck with a pizza, slice of Costco pizza. It was fun. Uh, Frontline Gaming. This person said something nice about the stream team. Rad Bully says, shout out to the stream team at BAO. They did an amazing job. Yeah. Mariana and Peter really did kill it for a two-person operation. They did an amazing job. Was that the Falcon? It was the. Wow. Uh, uh, Is that he's like a mobster? He flew down from uh, Canada. Really? Where his house was <laughs> close to the wildfires that are going on up there. So uh, fingers crossed. We're hoping that so none he's just of their watching property. that the whole time. Well, they they had to evacuate everyone in their town. So he just oh, he was like, I didn't have a choice. Um, Dawn the Magnificent says, "Look at those." Handsome man on the stream. Thank you guys uh, and everyone involved with making BAO Epic this year. Thanks for coming, Don. He did really well. I had him. Um, was he? He's in the top eight, right? But also the top like five. Yeah, he made it to the semifinal. Sorry, Don. Cut. I wasn't following too closely, but um, I had you. Four. I had you in the top. I thought you were going to win it, but um, even though I give you a hard time. And we'll we'll come mm-hmm. and we'll chat about some of those really interesting yeah. games. Uh, Nova Star. Best part about the barn was the free beer. Yes. Yeah, one year we screwed up registration. And so I went, yeah. I drove to Costco and I got like we bought a 10, 30 packs and like a million pizzas. And we just gave everyone free beer. I'm like, I'm really sorry. We screwed up the reg. Please don't give up on us. That's all it took. <laughs> That's all it took. Everyone was like, oh, it's fine. Warm beers. You just walked yeah. around with 12 packs. Just yeah. Came out. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Uh, Valerie says the coverage of the tournament was very, very good. Nice. I really like the mic on the players. Yeah. Um, I agree. It was yeah. it was a really good event and Tasty Taste was there. He was doing his coverage. I'd every, t- every once in a while I'd see him on Facebook doing his little updates and stuff. So. He was doing Facebook Live for the tables that had interesting games that weren't on stream. Mm-hmm. And thanks to Nick for doing that. Um, we do need to get him a little fedora with the card in it. With a press card. Yeah, sure. Like, we should do it. Just allows him entry. 
And then give him like a flash bulb camera, just because. Just <laughs> it's an old tiny one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was it was a really good really good job on the stream. <laughs> Red Bully was great getting to hear every f bomb from Jeff Robinson. Yeah. He's intense. The frontline gaming player. stream. It's a it's an adult stream, and we don't mind if players cuss a little bit. We try not to, but it happens. I mean, I've been known to let the expletive fly during a tense moment in a game myself jeff is a uh, he's just uh, my best summation of jeff is he is a physical presence when you play against him like yeah. he is intense he's rocking and sweating. he's rocking he's a humongous man constantly teasing you. and he is just <laughs> yeah he's like telling you what to roll how many to roll roll faster yeah and you're just like yes sir because you, you know you can literally bend me in half i'm not going to deal with this or or, yeah. or jeff and i play and it turns into like the most infantile <laughs> Like, I feel like I regress back to junior high when I play with yeah. Jeff. And He's a good player. It's like playing any, anyone else in, that's in the top, you know, 100 players in yeah. the ITC. It's just a whole different level. It's just they're, they're very people like me who are just a casual gamer. You know, it's just not. Ooh, it's hard. It's hard to play against those guys. Yeah, Jeff and I just it's like we it's like we just argue for like, and I don't. it's not like that with me for anybody else. But I guess when you're friends with someone and you have two strong personalities, that's inevitable. Um Zealous, the more you swear, the more honest you are. So they say, I've read that too, that people that tend to be very honest also curse more frequently. Um, not obviously the, the, the one doesn't lead to the other, but I've, I have yeah. read that. Uh, Don the Magnificent, I tried to be on my best behavior at the event. No swears, I think. Yeah, you're great on stream, Don. Yeah. Um, not a big deal. Uh, Novastar says, did you all hear about iTunes selling the new Sylvanus Battletone early for like three hours on Saturday morning? Whoops. Yep. Oops. Somebody didn't specify. Uh, Rad Bully says Jim, the heartthrob vessel, was not prepared for Jeff. <laughs> Has he ever played Jeff? I don't think so. It's an experience. Um, yeah, and it's not a bad experience. Like he's just very intense. So at any rate, we'll jump back over to the notes and get back oh, yeah, on track. Actually, but actually, have a podcast. Thank you to everybody in the Twitch chat for letting us know that you had a good time. And anybody that's listening to us on iTunes or Pandora or watching us on YouTube, if you ever do want to catch the live show, it is 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time on Wednesdays over on our Twitch channel, which is Frontline Gaming underscore TV. If you want to join the live discussion, fire us questions and, and uh, talking to the other people in the, in the chat. It's a lot of fun. So today, Wednesday, the 29th of May, uh, GW did release an FAQ for the FAQ. Mm. Always fun. Or it's a, it's an am amendment or addendum to the FAQ. And they were basically clarifying what they meant when they said certain things. They did make some slight changes to a couple of the rulings in the recent big FAQ. And we put in some uh, cliff notes to give you kind of a summation of, of what they were talking about. It's not, you know, groundbreaking stuff. It was more of just clarifications. So... Um, Thing, like kind of like the mini phases, like when you have a rule that says perform this action as if it were this phase, like shoot as if it were the shooting phase, they provided some clarification as to what you can and cannot do because uh, it was confusing. Um, they said like any rules that apply in that phase would also apply while you're doing performing this action, except you cannot use any stratagem mm -hmm. that says it must be used in a specific phase. For example... If you have a stratagem that lets you shoot twice in the shooting phase or whatever, right. um, if you're shooting as if it were the shooting phase, you cannot then use that stratagem to shoot twice. Uh, an example of this would be the new uh, chaos detachment where you have Havocs that can shoot, you know, in your opponent at the end of your opponent's movement phase. Mm -hmm. um, stuff like that, right? One of the, the clarifications they make is that, um, unfortunately for Tyranids, 
is that you can't use uh, some of the stratagems to let you to move faster out of phase if it specifies right. when you're supposed to use it. Now, there, uh, there was something that came up that I knew about where it was, a, I think, a Tau special rule where they could move um, as if it was the movement phase, but out of the movement phase. So people were saying, well, that means I can move within one inch of... Um, my opponent because no. it's not Why would in the you want to do that as a it's not within anyway. the movement phase i'm not sure exactly if it was that something like that came yeah, up all that and the argument was me. like well it wasn't in the movement phase so i i can actually move within an inch um because it's not the movement phase but it's you know that all this kind of stuff yeah. just keeps keeps coming up well those kind of like gamey things like they allow for players to get creative and show mastery of the rules right but they also are annoying and they're not what isn't intended right and it tends to turn off casual and new players mm -hmm. so uh, while it can be frustrating for the highly skilled player that is like, oh man, I'm getting a tool taken away from me. I think generally speaking for the game as a whole, it's for the better. So I'm glad that we got these clarifications. For NIDs, you know, it, it's a kind of a bummer because now you're cracking missile gene stealers aren't quite as mind-numbingly fast as they were, but they're still incredibly fast. Mm -hmm. It is keeping things consistent, but, you know, as a NID player, it's kind of a tough road to hoe anyway. So yeah. that that is a bit of a bummer, but hey... Um, they also did clarify as well, uh, Overwatch does not benefit from, you know, it doesn't count as a normal shooting attack. So you're not going to be double shooting Lehman Russes or, mm. you know, whatever in Overwatch, which so I, I that, see how people read it that way, but I, I always knew that that would wasn't that uh, the intent. Would that work for like um, Guard or like Hadians, reroll ones to hit if they don't move to shoot? You still get reroll ones to hit, mm -hmm. um, uh, if I remember correctly, but... Go read the FAQ to double check it, right. but um, I'm 99% sure. I haven't, now. obviously. I, I'm but almost positive came out this morning. it still does. Uh, okay. still does work that way. And then we can jump into chat, too, and see if they have any questions. But uh, did you clarify, clarify the way that the Kodja Fireblade uh, interacts with Fire Warriors? You get three shots at half range. And then they clarified the special issue ammunition works with rapid fire. So that's like another question. So same thing with the um, calls rerolls. Like if you're in his bubble, do you reroll those hits in Overwatch? But it doesn't count as a shooting. I, I don't want to answer hits. that off the cuff because I'm not Got like it. you guys are making me doubt myself now. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, because this would apply to a lot of stuff though, yeah. right? Because there's a lot of auras that let you reroll hits in the shooting phase. I'm actually I don't know. I didn't even read the FAQ, so this is new for me. Uh, does anyone have an answer to that? Uh, the Tau Kaja Fireblade FAQ seems to be directly contradicted by the example that follows in the next bullet, where it states that gun yeah. drones get two extra attacks. Um, M. Farrick, I'm sorry, I can't answer that right off the cuff. I don't have it actually open in front of me. I just wrote some notes. Um, we'll know more for next week. It just it literally came out this morning. Yeah, and you can always shoot a question over to, to GW's Facebook page, too. They're pretty responsive. WSD um, Gorelord, that is an that is a attitude that's surprisingly prevalent that I don't like. Which is if it doesn't say I can do it, if it doesn't say I can't do it, then I can do it. Doesn't say I can't. It's a rule of omission, right? Well, the, the thing you have to remember with uh, it also doesn't say that I can't stack my tanks on top of each other for you, deployment. You got to remember with uh, uh, Games Workshop games, it's a permissive rule set. They tell you what you can do. Right. If they don't tell you that you can do it, you have to assume that you cannot. But uh, and he's obviously uh, joking. Uh, but uh, yeah, that when people try to play that angle, like it doesn't say I can't. It's just like. Here's your douche hat. <laughs> right. You just, I mean, that's just somebody that you automatically are like, I'm not, oh, I don't want to play against yeah. you. you know, this is so going to be really fun. Have fun. Uh, Ask this be with a, a smart person answer to my dumb person question. Uh, most auras just say failed hits. So then that would count because you're, it's, a, it's a hit. And then Carl says in the shooting phase. Right. Um, 
Uh, Frank, Big how you Frank? Doing, buddy? Uh, I, again, guys, I, I don't want to answer that question like definitively right now with no rules material in front of me, but it sounds like you all are right that it, it may only work in the shooting phase. But then that would make sense then, right? Like if something says this is in the shooting phase, Overwatch is not in the shooting phase. Right. And it, these things will be clarified as we go, but uh, those are great questions. And we'll jump on back <clears> over <throat> to the notes because really exciting big news. We will be opening Las Vegas Open 2020 registration this coming Saturday, wow. June 1st, 2019 at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's always kind of a crap shot. We don't know like how quickly things are going to sell out, but you can guarantee that they will. They Every single year, they always do. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the, the more popular events, like the 40K Championships, is already into triple-digit tickets sold in just an early registration. Um, the right. high roller packages, there's only a handful of them left. Right, so grab those if you want things like early registration yeah. for next year. Yeah, and uh, just as a reminder, we did change our refund policy because we got smashed by it last year. The event's just gotten too big. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is going to be 90 days out for a refund, Right. but you can transfer the ticket up until, if I remember correctly, two weeks before the event. Uh, and then just go check the uh, that information on the, the lasvegasopen.net web webpage just so that we don't want people to get caught off guard if they want to try and refund their ticket, you know, five weeks out or something like that, Yeah. Uh, which in the past you could. But the reason we're doing it is this last event, we had a ton of people ask for a refund at the last minute mm-hmm. and it just destroyed our, our liquidity. It was really, it put us a great deal of stress on our company at a really yeah. inconvenient time. So we're just trying to be as transparent as possible, letting people know that we are changing our refund policy. Um, but that aside, but I think that's, that's more in line with a lot of the other major events. Yeah. We've always yeah. been super permissive. We've always been really right. The, we've always had the, the most permissive, um, refund policy of any big event by a mile. And it, now it's come to the point where we just, we literally cannot afford to do it anymore. It's mm-hmm. just, um, it, it does not work with our, our, the way our business runs, but, uh, it's still very generous. Um, a lot of times when you buy a ticket for an event, you can never get your money back, but, mm-hmm. uh, you just have to sell it to somebody else. Um, so that's that. And it's going to be very exciting. Uh, it's going to be the biggest Bay area or the biggest Las Vegas open, pardon me, by a mm-hmm. mile. We have like 26,000 extra square feet, yep. um, in the, in all of Bally's. Uh, the 40k champs event cannot grow though it's it's we maxed it out last year that's as many people as we can fit in there without making it uncomfortable for the players which we don't want to do so uh, if you do want to go to one of the big events aos 40k the narrative um any of those kind of like marquee events the the star wars legion tournament which sold out and we had to expand it twice last year um these are all capped we, we've gotten as many tables in there as we can comfortably fit. So uh, it's not going to be like in years past where we kept finding more space. Mm-hmm. Um, that That's that. So you probably want to get your ticket as early as possible to avoid uh, missing out. Yeah, it's exciting. It's hard to believe that it's already, and, um, already June coming up. And um, the vendors, we've already started hearing back from them. So a lot of great... Uh, big name um, vendors coming back again, and uh, I think we're going to even have more than last year. We're going to kind of reconfigure the room a little bit. Um, yeah, it's very exciting. Yeah, and, and we're going to have an amazing lineup of paint classes for people who are interested in that. The uh, the LVO Painting Championship will be in its second year. Last year, uh, a gentleman, Thor, uh, came in out of nowhere with this an unbelievably beautiful miniature, and we're really excited, especially with... Um, 
we're not we're sad to see Crystal Brush go away, but it does you know that's a bummer because that was such a cool thing. Mm -hmm. But it does mean now that the LVO Painting Championship is going to kind of fill that void to a certain degree, which is exciting. That means we'll probably get even more people coming to enter and all kinds of fun stuff. So that's gonna be really cool. But uh, check out that lineup of paint classes. There's a ton of them from some of the best painters in the world. It's gonna be really, really cool. Um, excited for that. And then there's gonna be all kinds of other really neat stuff going on. Like we said, the Star Wars Legion event is huge. Yeah. Um, that's gonna be really, really cool. Uh, just tons, tons and tons and stuff. Uh, two more than we could possibly talk about right here in this yeah. little segment. We're working on bringing a lot of new events this year. This yeah. is gonna be kind of a breakout year in terms of um, uh, I don't want to say non GW, but you know, just things that we just haven't offered in the past and just, you know, are, we're growing and growing and growing. So we have more and more people that want to come out and have a good time in Vegas. Um, so we're trying to provide a lot of cool new events. Yeah. And yeah. We can't talk about it too much yet cause it's all still in development, but yeah, but it looks very strongly like there's going to be some like card games and cool mm -hmm. stuff. So yeah. we're really excited for that. It's going to be a good time. So let's talk about the BAO uh, 2019. We already chatted about it a bit at the beginning of the show, but we wanted to dig in and kind of get into the nitty gritty of it a little bit because it was fun. Um, so what's changed? The BAO has traditionally been a two-day event. And well, we actually did a three-day, a couple three-day events in the early days back in the barn because we basically got the, the, the place on Friday for free, essentially. Um, but this was the first year it was like really genuinely a full-fledged uh, event. It took part of the KublaCon convention, which is like 4,000 people. It's a big convention. And uh, they put us into the Crown Plaza Hotel. Th their event takes place at the Hyatt. And they had an overflow hotel because there's so many people in their event that they needed someone to go into the uh, Crown Plaza. Mm -hmm. And their, their miniatures games had kind of been suffering for a while. They weren't getting enough uh, resources really to, to thrive. So they approached us, asked us to run the BAO at their event. Basically, we had a whole hotel to ourselves, mm -hmm. And it made a lot of sense because they had more room to grow. And, uh, you know, it put events into that hotel. They didn't have to worry about it. Uh, more attendees for their event. It worked out really well for everybody. And uh, there was a couple of log little logistical hurdles in the beginning. There's The parking was definitely a challenge. <clears throat> yeah. Because it, it's, you know, anybody who's familiar with the Bay Area, it's very packed in. And uh, there was not enough parking for everybody you know, we have 4,000 people coming into hotels that don't usually have that many people coming. Mm -hmm. So people commuting in and out, there were some challenges there. And I think next year people will be prepared for it. Like we were telling people just, just take a lift or have somebody drop you off if at all yeah. possible for commuters. If you're staying at the hotel, it wasn't a big deal. You just park and you're good. Uh, but it was really nice. Like the BAO has definitely taken a step forward in terms of prestige. It was a four day event, um, which we, that's, we've never done a four day event before. So that was a first. And the hotel is really pretty. It's right on the water. Uh, really cool location. You're super close to San Francisco, really close to the airport. A lot of people, their families, or like on an off day, they would go like to Alcatraz, mm -hmm. go to Fishman's Wharf, go see the Golden Gate Bridge. Uh, it was really easy and convenient to do all that stuff. And very easy to fly in, just hop on a shuttle over to the hotel. So in that, like logistically speaking, it was really cool. Yeah. You know, the hotel was nice. Uh, it's really, it's always awesome when you can just stay in a room and just take the elevator down and go rock, walk right to the event. Makes it super easy. So from, from all those kind of like exterior things that help an event grow, it was great, right? Like the parking was the only real challenge. Right. Um, we had a, ended up with a, a 148 in the 40K champs. It was a little bit more attrition than normal, but that's, you know, no big deal. 
Uh, we had 184, I think, pre-regged. Okay. Um, really how, exciting. Yeah, it was. How is that number compared to last year with the attendance? We the last two years we sold 150 tickets. Right. And then you know you, with your normal 10 to 20 percent attrition, you end up with a little over 100, 120, gotcha. 130. Um, and then the the three years ago we oversold it on accident because we went to a new venue and they told us we could fit more people than we could actually fit. Yeah. And that year it was way too packed, and that's why we backed it down. That year we sold almost 200 tickets. Gotcha. Um, so that was the biggest VAO. Um, and then in this venue, we could actually probably get back up to those numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a little confusion with the the floor plan this year too, but we yeah. got everything worked out. They thought there could fit more tables than they actually could. So, but well, then it worked out. It worked out. Yeah, perfect. Yeah, we thank you. For, thank you for not showing up. We had room for ten more people only. You, I was you, actually getting ten percent. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, we're gonna have to throw tables in the hall. Nice. Uh, but everything worked out, thankfully, and uh, it was a really exciting event. Um, just like the LVO, the, the BAO 40K Champs started on Friday and then ran through Saturday. And then a top eight uh, went on to go play in a finals on Sunday. I've really come to like this format a lot. It's cool for the people traveling because usually when you go to an event, if you're traveling, you're going to have to take a day off. Mm-hmm. It's either going to be Friday or Monday, really. Right. Um, if it's a close event, you might be able to just leave work on Friday, get there, play, and come back Sunday night. It's pretty rough. But generally speaking, you're going to be taking one day off work. And I've really come to like this format because that means you have Sunday all day to just at your leisure, get home, you can go to the city or whatever. It's really nice. And then for the people that are playing in the finals, you get a true champion. Right. Right. Although humorously, at the end of day, Two, Jim Vessel was the only person that was actually undefeated. <laughs> wow. Yeah, everybody else had either tied or lost. Yeah. Uh, and the other cool thing about it, too, is that with this format, it supports up to 250 or 500, 512 players. So you could lose a game and you could still make it into the top eight. So it's actually nice for the players. Like if you lose one, you don't have that psychologically. You're like, oh, man, I'm yeah, out. you don't give up. You don't just go to your next game, which happens. You see that a lot in single elimination type deals. Yep. We're, yeah. we're good players. We'll just be like, well, I'm just going to go to the bar now. And yeah. it's, and it's not really fair if you're your next opponent. You know, it's just it's a drag for the event itself. So, yeah, I do like that format. I do. And it, it was cool because, like, the top guys, like, further before I – let me elaborate on that point. This was a stacked, stacked event. I mean, we had four of the top 10 in the ITC, mm-hmm. 12 of the top 25, and the former ITC and LVO champion in Brandon Grant. I mean, yeah. this was a there were some killers at this event. Right. Very, very good players. We had quite a few people coming in from the East Coast, mm-hmm. from the UK. They came out for a San Francisco vacation and to come and play the event. Nice. So the, the caliber was really high, and these guys started knocking each other out mid-rounds. But it was cool because they were like, oh, I'm still in it. Right. You know, like we As were you asking, see here, we're looking at the top 10. Every, there's, everyone lost at least one game. There's yeah. not a single under, there's no one went truly undefeated. Almost. The Jim, Canadian bacon almost made it. Jim Vessel almost did yeah. it. Um, so it was exciting. There was a ton of really, really good, exciting matchups. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Jim Vessel and John Lennon played. You know, we had uh, uh, Jeff Jeff Robinson and Brandon Grant played a really cool game. Brandon barely beat him. Mm-hmm. On the last last turn, came up and pulled a Brandon and, and won it. But instead of those being kind of a disappointment because they knock each other out, it was like, oh, no, I'm still in it. So very cool. And until we get up towards 500, which in that venue, it's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll keep it exciting. Yeah. So I liked that. Uh, some really, really good games. And if you wanted to check them out, go to uh, Frontline Gaming underscore TV, our Twitch channel. You can see the VODs. Check them out. Uh, the casting was excellent. 
Thank you to everybody in chat who's been really kind saying that they enjoyed it. Uh, big thanks to Peter, the Falcon, who came out from Canada to help shoutcast and, and crunch numbers and run it. Uh, he and Mariana did a great job. But um, at the end of the day, it looked like Jim Vessel was going to take it all. He played through so many good players, right. and he was like just barely winning games. Yeah, um, He played our teammate, Junior Aflihi, who, who did extremely well, got sixth place. Mm-hmm. And I thought Junior had him. And uh, this, right at the end there, Jim was able to pull ahead. Uh, and he had a lot of games like that that were super close. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it came down to Jeff and Jim in the final game. It was a great game. Go check out the VOD. It's very close. Um, lots of exciting moments, like Jeff's assassin couldn't hit the broadside of a barn and then in one turn killed Armin, Armon and another Psyker in one turn. Right. But then didn't do anything else the rest of the game. So there was a lot of these big swingy moments that created like a really exciting game. And then uh, Jeff ended up winning it and uh, won the BAO, which is the, the biggest event he's ever won. He's very excited. Yeah. Congratulations to him. <clears throat> and a, a really exciting game before that was Don Hoosen and Jeff Robinson, who last year at the BAO played for all the marbles. Don beat Jeff to win the event. Um, and this year they got their revenge match or their, their rubber match and uh, uh, Jeff was able to pull it out on Don this year. So Right, and I, I thought Don had it. Um, towards the end it started to slip slide away from him yeah. but it was really close. Yeah, but he still, I mean, if you're in the top four of this type of caliber tournament, um, you can't say anything bad about that person. No. Anybody in this top ten. A couple yeah. surprises for sure. Yeah, we'll go over the top 10. Yeah. Uh, it's exciting. And there were so many good games. Like I said, it was really, really fun to watch yeah. as, a, as somebody who enjoys seeing competitive play 40K. Right. But uh, everyone was talking about Don's list too. He's been playing that nasty purge yeah. uh, Dreadnought <clears throat> Army with three Helldrakes. And um, everyone's been talking about it. And, and, and it's a lot of people are starting to copy it. Don's very creative and it's mm-hmm. a cool list. Definitely check it out. But uh, first place was uh, Jeff Robinson with Imperium. Second right. place, Jim Vessel with Chaos. Richard Siegler in third. He came all the way from Florida. A really nice guy. With what was Tal. he? Do you remember what he was playing? He, he had an interesting list. He had yeah. uh, three Riptides, mm-hmm. two commanders that did all the damage, and then like 42 yeah. drones, 36 of which were shield drones. So very similar to like our local Vito has the, that, but no broadsides. Yeah. On the West Coast, what you see, mm-hmm. or I, I shouldn't just say that, what more frequently you see is the Riptides with the broadsides for yeah. more firepower. Uh, Richard went with more drones so that his his riptides were going to be almost impossible to kill yeah gosh those are tough to deal yeah. with um and he ended up losing to jim vessel he got knocked out of the semifinals. the two commanders can they because then you can do two kions right yep yep yeah it's it's a really really strong list he knocked uh junior out our teammate uh, junior was smashing people yeah and then uh he got seized on by richard and you know when you get seized on by tau everybody yeah. knows how that goes interesting uh yeah it was really good tau there, could be really good man they're doing great. Right I almost now. rage quit when I played against that that recently. <laughs> that same similar list here. Anyways. It can be tough. Yeah. Uh, we had Don Hoosen in fourth with uh, mixed. Yeah, he was Chaos Space Marines only, purely, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Jack Harpster from the uh, East Coast came and he was playing a Seer Council Eldar army. It was really interesting. Nice. He did very well and he only lost to uh, Richard Siegler, if I remember correctly. The town knocked him out, uh, ended his run. And uh, Junior, uh, teammate, playing a really interesting list. He played on stream against Jim. Good game. He's got a Valiant, a Gallant, and a Warden with two Cadian. Yeah, he runs it with, um, he has like two Wyverns, right? And a bunch of Guard with Mortars. Yep. Just all you need. It's so good. It's extremely good. And then the Valiant, I think people are seeing how good it is. Right. Um, He did extremely well. And again, he lost to Jim. That was Mm -hmm. who knocked him out. 
uh, of the running, and then he lost to Richard in the uh, first round of the finals. Right. Uh, John Lennon from Florida, uh, Forces of the Hive Mind. He has mostly Gene Stiller Colt, but uh, he did extremely well too. Made it to the first round of the series. I can't remember who knocked him out, actually. But uh, he did really well. He actually beat Jim Vessel in the Thursday RTT. They played against each other in the final game, and he was able to get him. Uh, really cool army. Carlos Kaiser, also from the East Coast, uh, playing Imperium, uh, did extremely well. He was mostly custodes. Uh, Brandon Grant, everybody knows that name. Mm-hmm. He was playing pure Astra Militarum. Really cool list. He had three tank commanders, three chimera, uh, double flamer chimeras with catachans, um, uh, and uh, like two wyverns and a, a basilisk or something. He has a super vehicle heavy army. Mm-hmm. He did extremely well. He went five and one. He missed the final. He missed making the final eight by one point, and he got knocked out by Junior, Junior's Knight Army in uh, round four. Uh, really good. And then, of course, this is exciting to see. This sleeper hit. Right yeah. Here. yeah. Our, our very good friend, Alex Hawley, helps run the LVO. Right. Um, Teamless. He's a, he's a one-man army. He is, man. Yeah. He went five and one, got 10th place with a Chaos Army very similar to Jim Vessel's, and uh, he actually knocked Ray Awamada out <laughs> of the <laughs> event. So big, nice. big, well done to Alex. That's, I think that's his best performance. Uh, that's the surprising ever. one. Yeah. That's when I saw his name. Yeah. And then we got a couple of pictures here of just some funny stuff from the event. Like uh, I put the belt on Jeff and then Jeff being Jeff, I didn't put it on tight enough. He let it fall around his ankles and yeah. he was shuffling around. It's pretty funny. Um, got some pictures of the people winning their best in faction awards and not fun stuff. And then Lou and Israel who uh, cleaned up on the painting side of things yep. to nobody's surprise. Well, Israel's new, um, he has a new Tau uh, army that's painted in like a different scheme. It looks amazing. It's insane. Yeah. And Lou's yeah. Death Watcher, gorgeous. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just fun, fun stuff. Just gives you everybody kind of an idea of what it was like. Right. Uh, and then we're going to take a look at the AOS GT uh, top 10. And we don't have as much information on this because it was in a different hall. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're going to take a look at the top 10 <laughs> and give everybody their, their recognition. Uh, first place, the French overlord, Jeremy Vessier, came down from Oregon. It was really good to see him. He went uh, perfect record undefeated. Well done. He, I was chatting with him, and he was saying Fire Slayers are just crazy strong right now. Like, criminally nice. strong and looking at his results. Right. <laughs> kind of get a feel for it. Uh, second place, Alex Gonzalez, playing the Legion of Sacrament uh, of the Left Coast, Coast Corsairs team. Always good to see Alex. Chris Bergman came in with the host of Slanesh in third. Michael Schwartz, also host of Slanesh in fourth. Excuse me. Cody Quigley with Flesh Eater Courts in fifth. Steven Podplesky with Stormcast Eternals in sixth. David Gonzalez with Gloomspite Gits in seventh. Mike Birch with Fire Eater Court or Flesh Eater Courts in eighth. Justin Dawson in ninth with Maggot King of Nurgle. And Daniel Daniel Callaghan with Iron Jaws in 10th. Pretty diverse. Yeah, very cool. Pretty diverse, diverse field. And uh, we'll get a write-up from the TO with more information. I'm sure people want to hear more of the cool stuff that happened, but we just weren't observing it. Yeah. Uh, BAO Kill Team Saturday tournament. We got to meet the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Michael T. Holy. Yeah. Yeah, you sent me a photo. Yeah, I had yeah. to take a picture and send it to you. Uh, Super nice. He, he, lo- he was cracking up about right. how we talked about his name. I think it was a missed opportunity. Like, he could have worn that, that white suit with a purple undershirt. <laughs> you need a lucha And, and a little, little trilby hat. It's also white. I think, you know, maybe like a gold cross. A big one. Yeah. A big with one? like a dollar... A dollar sign. Oh, a dollar sign talking. cross. See, it just writes itself. 
Uh, but right. Michael, he won the Saturday <laughs> event with Azar Yanni. And then Devin Draper in third, with, or second with Astro Militarum. Sheldon Steer in third with Necrons. On Sunday, we had more people playing, which is not to be, uh, which to be expected because mm-hmm. a lot of the 40K players are done. And uh, Michael T. Holy won that as well with Azriani. Uh, Eric Kushinsky got second with Tau. And Shane, this is a hilarious story. <laughs> Shane Watts got third with Tyranids. Now, Shane played in the 40K tournament. He's a really good custodius player. Mm-hmm. He literally went over to the secondhand shop, bought some random models, went over to the Kill Team event, and got third place. And nice. Michael T. Holy's only <laughs> loss the whole weekend was to Shane. Right. He, he went over, grabbed some models, came yeah. over and played with There you go. There's a new game, Shane. <laughs> he, he said he'd never played Kill Team Arena, but he's played Kill Team. Got it. Um, so it wasn't like he'd never played the game before, but that was, that was pretty funny. I like how the tw- the, the, li- the 12th place list here. <laughs> Geller Pox Infected. I guess it just shows how many players are playing. That wasn't the last place player. That was, that was all I could fit in the screenshot. Oh, there was people below that? Yeah, there's 15 people on Sunday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Divorced into straight zeros. zeros. Yeah. It says worse, uh, huh? Okay. Uh, 40K Thursday RTT. We did, I already spoiled it for you, but uh, John. it was a showdown between John Lennon and Jim Vessel for the top table. John won with his Gene Sealer Colt, or Forces of the High Mind, mm-hmm. he has a turn of detachment. Uh, Richard Siegler got second with Tau. Brian Anderson got third with Imperium. You know, that's not a bad way to, if you have that day free, to, to get some some last work in with your list. Yeah. You know, just get it's, that final, oh, man, this, I'm not going to forget this tomorrow type deal. It's a nice way that. to get a warm-up. Yeah. You know? Exactly, and you're not nervous the next day. Because nah. I'm always, whenever I play in a tournament, the first game, I'm always nervous. I forget everything. Yeah, it's always a No, it's, it's a, a good bad, way to, it's a bad to scene. knock the rust off. Yeah. Um, on the Sunday RTT, we had two heats. The first heat was won by Mr. Sean Morgan, Ooh. a.k.a. Abuse Puppy, with Eldari. Uh, he did really well in the GT as well. I think he he had a tough loss, stopped it from getting into the finals, but he looked like he was going to make it. Uh, ben Jurek got second with Freebooters. He's playing uh, Orcs. Uh, ben did really well in the GT as well. I think he went four and two. Nice. It's an interesting list. He had like three Dakajets and two Gorkonauts. I was like, wow, that's not something you see every day. And then he has a bunch of um, of those, the Mercenary Orc guys? He, his, uh, clan, his clan was Freebooters. Gotcha. But I'm sure he had some, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, third place was Colin Martins with Zinch. In the second pod, we had uh, Ruben Fernandez who came over with the Brohammer team from Florida. He had a nasty, nasty Eldar army with like six flyers. And mm. he was like, it was like six or more flyers and a bunch of wave serpents. And oh, brutal. Um, he got knocked out of the GT by Jeff, but he was just wrecking people. Yeah. Beautiful army too. Colin Coons in second place with Adeptus Custodes. He had the giant Forge World flyer. It's like a flying knight. Mm. I was catching some people off guard. He did quite well. And then Jordan Stein with Necrons in third. Nice. Yeah. Woof. Let's yep. jump into the chat. See if anybody has any... Any BIO specific... Any comments or questions? Comments. Remember what stay, what happens there stays there. Don't make those comments. Valerie, why the championship rounds are not in BCP? They are, buddy. Didn't you just see the screenshot? Boom. They are now. Maybe. Um, Brad Bully says, I subbed Tabletop Titans based on how cool Brian Pullen played on stream. Oh, yeah, Brian is, uh, he's Skynet Jr. He's like Brandon's. Uh, uh, he is, in real life, too. He like is when you really have, nice When guy. you just have dinner with him, it's it's like like an android. He's, he's, he has but he's also snarky. He's a snarky android. Yes. Like, he'll zing you. 
Yeah, Brian's a really, really cool guy. Yeah. Uh, extremely good player. He did really well, too, mm -hmm. at the event. Um, we still haven't had a Brandon Grant-Brian Poland showdown, have we? we have, they have played each other, but I, that's what, that's the one I would want to see. Uh, yeah, he's a very cool They don't cool even play. Dude. They just compute the turns, right? And then one of them concedes. <laughs> just yeah. like beep, beeping noises and lights flash, and then they shake hands. And then everyone else just claps. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Uh, End scene. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ruben's list was seven flyers, three wave serpents, three night spinners, and Ugh. a flyers here. Dirty. Ugh. Oh, my. I looked at that list, and I was like, oh, God, that is so brutal. Flyers are still really good, yeah. especially Eldar flyers yep. and dark Eldar flyers. Uh, Marcus Atreides says, this year smelled way better than last yeah. year. <laughs> I had them turn the AC. Recycled air. I had them turn the AC down to 62. And it was still probably warm. No, it no, was, it was, it was good. very oh, it was chilly. Okay. Yeah, it was not. It was very comfortable because people in the middle of the room were not hot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm bummed I missed it. It sounds like it was fun, but yeah, maybe somebody else next year. Yeah, and draw the short, short straw. straw. Yeah. Uh, Wizard of Boss says great coverage and way improved sound this year. Yeah, well, that's because uh, you're in a carpeted room and where they were streaming, there wasn't a lot of people in there. Yeah. And when the, the carpet makes a huge difference on the sound quality, so thank you. I'm uh, glad you enjoyed it. Lou Rollins said it was such a great event. Uh, and he said Colin schooled him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Colin was a really nice guy. I enjoyed meeting him. They, they, a bunch mm -hmm. of players came from Texas this year. Uh, Fleet of Three says sportsmanship was top notch throughout the event. Nice. Had a great time and made a lot of new West Coast friends. That's what we want to hear. That's what it's about. Yeah. All right, we'll jump back over to the notes. And of course, SoCal Open tickets are still up for sale. I haven't had a chance to see where we're at with 40K chance, but I believe we're over 200. Nice. Yeah, and it's capped at 256, so. Let's make that, let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. If you wanna grab tickets, please do so. A lot of people at the BAO that had come yeah. from other places were like, oh man. It's fun. SoCal Open's fun. It, SoCal's great. It's, it's nice, the weather's always nice in October. Yeah. There's a nice sea breeze that coming in because you know, you're right on the water. You know, sand is a problem, but you know, be used to that. But there's a lot of food, not good food nearby Del Mar. Is yeah, not the city in the hall. The food in the well, hall is not the best. If you, you know what though? If you like baseball stadium yeah. food, you get hot and dogs you know, and twenty dollar beers and stuff. They're sure. not, well, it's not that much. The beers are a little overpriced, but it's not. They it's just, not even, it we, wasn't that bad. They just show up though. We yeah. don't even ask for it. They just show. Up. <laughs> so, yeah. Hey, you know. No, it's it's a ton of fun, and a lot. It was it was cool because a lot of the people that came to the BAO that was their first time. They were like, oh man, the West Coast scene, everyone's so chill and it's so nice. Like, yeah. I want to come to another event. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's just a part of the culture here, I guess. People are just kind of laid back. Um, so we look forward to seeing a lot of the Maybe it was the new, the new, uh, the, the new um, card system, in effect. People are like, I don't want a yellow card. Oh, we didn't have to issue any card. I didn't even, like, oh. not even But I'm just saying, like, maybe, maybe now people are like, now I got to be on my best behavior. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and the one thing we did want to... Um, uh, no, I guess thank you to all the attendees. We didn't even, it never even got close to having to give somebody a card. It didn't even, yeah. we never have sportsmanship issues at the BAO. It's super rare. Um, well, it's just, it's like a big local tournament. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's fun. And yeah, it's very international though. We have people coming in from other countries just for the event. All right, let's take a look at the ITC. We got a bunch of events coming up this weekend. And of course, if you like the ITC, you like what it's about, you want to continue to see it grow and improve, consider supporting the Patreon. Mm -hmm. uh, the money, all the 100% of the money goes back into keeping it alive and running and growing. And we really appreciate it. It's become a huge time sink um, and it's very a, expensive. It's an all day, every day job at this point. Yeah, in we, terms of the communications that come in, 
the management, the administration of it, like it's crazy. You could have one person working full time, 40 hours a week and still be struggling to keep up. Right, which is what it takes at this point to keep it going. Um, So yeah, consider supporting the ITC. You can do so for as little as $1 a month. Mm. And as we said, every dollar of the money, every penny of the money goes back into the ITC. So upcoming 40K events this weekend, we have quite a few per usual. It's actually a little light compared to most weekends. Yeah, it's a little small. But uh, we do have a major, the Plains of War uh, major in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. That is run by uh, one of the ITC regional reps. So get up there, check it out. It's a long-running event. Uh, Fabio, who runs it, is a really cool dude, friend of ours. Uh, and there's a GT, the Bad Moon GT Series Heat 2 in London, United Kingdom. The Bad Moon um, store is a new game store in London that looks rad. Mm. And the gentleman that runs it comes out to the OVO and such. He seems like a super nice guy. So check those out. Get out there. Get your points. Uh, we have a lot of Age of Sigmar events coming up in the month of June, including two GTs. Uh, one in Pot- Potio, Oklahoma, the Age of Sigmar tournament. Nice, simple name. And the Mythico Triumph Age of Sigmar GT in Parsippany, Troy, New Troy Jersey. Hills. It's in New Jersey. Parsippany, yeah. New Jersey. Okay. Probably by the Mythical Games. Yes. Yep. Very cool. Uh, so yeah, check it out. Get out there. Get your points. Get involved with the community. Uh, let's take a look at the 40K ITC Top 10 for the competitive track. Uh, Jim Vessel's reign of dominance continues. He still sits in first place with 1,092 points. Wow. Man, Some people are closing in. TJ Lanigan is nipping at his heels, and hilariously, TJ's list is almost the same as Jim's. Who, who did it first? I, I think Jim did, but I'm not sure. Okay. So people were correcting on me on that at the event. But uh, yeah, his lead has been narrowed down to 71 points, which is still a significant lead. And Jim is definitely putting in the, the, the effort this season. Like he is gunning for it. They're not both Canadian, right? It's just Jim? Jim is Canadian. TJ's from the East Coast. Okay. We should have a Team Jim and a Team TJ shirt. So like who made the, who made the list first, <laughs> and then get like a detective on it. Get uh, Tasty Taste. <laughs> Tasty Taste is the perfect. Yeah, name he'll go job. through like so it's just e like you know uh, forensic uh, um, <laughs> forensic like, whatever files. Like, forensic yeah. guys that go back and they look through the, the trails of uh, oh man who, when did this guy talk about this on this forum? Yeah, Nick, if you're listening, right. there you go. Anyway, I love it. Super sidetrack. I love it. Matthew Ali uh, sitting in third place with 952 uh, points. Who's that? Uh, Joe Malum in fourth, Andrew Ford in fifth, Daniel Hesters moves into sixth, Richard Siegler on the back of his BAO score jumps up to seventh place, Colin McDade in eighth, Devin Swan in ninth, and John Lennon back into the top ten, tenth place. Uh, they've been doing really well. That Brohammer team has got some good good players. 40K ITC Hobby Track, current top, uh, we'll do top five. Jim Vessel continues to lead the pack. I got the chance to see his uh, army in person. It is gorgeous. Hmm. It's really well done. He did paint it himself. The conversions are sick. The display board is badass. So, like, definitely a well-rounded player right there. Um, uh, Simon Lean currently in second place. Paul Winters in third, Lou Rollins in fourth, and Harrison Jewell in fifth. Well done. Current Age of Sigmar, top five. The Jersey Kid continues to lead the pack. Matt Pashby, 710 points. Jeremy Vessier moves into second place, or he's been there, but uh, further uh, exacerbates that Mm -hmm. with his BAO performance. He won. Alex Gonzalez moves into third. Matt Beasley into fourth, and Jack Ballard into fifth. Age of Sigmar, hobby track. Top five, 
Ricky Fisher moves into first place. Philip Verduzco is sitting pretty in second. Natasha Thomas in third. Rich Waters in fourth. Matt Beasley in fifth. It's nice to see a full 10. Yeah, and there's, they're starting to, because yes. a lot of people are still... Israel right. Sanchez didn't know about the hobby track. <laughs> I was like... One of the top painters in the country. I was like, dude, yeah. what? He's like, wait, what? You get points for... I'm like... Yeah, paint up the age of signal army, bro. know about this. Yeah. Yeah, so now he's excited about that. Okay. Uh, Shadesfire Current, top five. Philip Santa Maria in first place with a very narrow lead over Tony Field in second. Kevin Cruz in third. Daniel Velasquez moves down to fourth. And Jonathan Colson in fifth. Um, was there Shadesfire at the BAO? No, we didn't have a oh. TO. We, we definitely could have fit it. Yeah. Oh, and also, if you want to see Kill Team, the Kill Team stream... Mm-hmm. Had a really nice setup, and they were streaming uh, Saturday Excellent. and Sunday. And you can go check out their Twitch channel if you want to get some, uh, kind of get an idea of the action. They, they run a really interesting format. It's pretty cool. Uh, Kill Team, current top five. The one, the only, Michael T. Holy. He needs like a... Is he, when he wins, does he point up? He, like, he, what needs, does he, do? he needs a move. Like a, like a dance, like a, like a clap spin. <laughs> he needs something like, like what would uh, The Rock do? Yeah, and then he gets down and he's like, praise him. <laughs> I don't know. Something like that would be amazing. God, Michael. Holy, he should, when he Michael, wins, just move to San Diego. When he wins, right? he should say, holy moly. Yeah. Right? I'm sure he was not anything like I'm like we're, I'm imagining personal. <laughs> He's a very nice guy. <sighs> uh, but he is uh, way out in front with a 100-point lead. Yeah. Uh, smashing everybody right now. But we have Ryan Hebb in second place with 391 points, followed by Alex Grinton in third. Joseph Vloet in fourth and Georgie Garnett moves down into fifth. Very cool. Also want to uh, say a big thank you to Alex who came all the way out from uh, Halifax to help run the Kill Team event. Very cool. Super appreciate it. Cool beans. A lot of stuff to talk about. Let's jump into chat. Answer any questions. We can round this bad boy out. It's good to be back. Uh, Is BAO in there yet? In Probably not. the rankings, it should be. I don't know. I believe so. Don's saying he doesn't think so, maybe because he's like he knows his points. Off top of said. Oh well, they ju- like literally just combined the finals and the main event into one. Yeah. So we may have put those we may have put those rankings up like hours before it got recomputed. Right. Um. But uh, yeah, the the points from the BAL will be in there. If they're not already, they will be very shortly. A link to the Kill Team channel. Um, I don't know it off the top of my head. Wizard of Boss. Kill Team. Oh, there he is. He's right there in the chat. Boom. There you go. Kill Team Stream. How you doing? Thank you for coming out and helping us with the event. You guys were great. Ask and you will receive. Kill Team Academy was was with Alex and uh, they were there. Uh, Did a great job. Uh, The VODs are over on the link that Kill Team Stream provided Access Venture B, which is... Uh, dive.tv backslash kill team academy. Oh, it's not on Twitch. My bad. Uh, so let me see. Oh, people are asking questions. Best hotel for SoCal if flying in, not planning on renting a car. Well, um, it's to. not. No, you can Uber from the yeah. airport. It's it's not that far uh, to Del Mar. I mean, there's a lot of hotels. It really depends on your budget. Del Mar is like a nice, a really nice beach town. Yeah. So you could stay in a really swanky place. Or you could save money and stay in a cheaper place. It really just there's a Motel Six somewhere. Yeah, it just um, depends on what your budget and your taste and your comfort level is. Um, and you can honestly, um, ride sharing is huge here. I mean, it is everywhere in the world now, but San Diego is one of the biggest cities for ride share, so you have no problem getting around at all. 
or if you want to get a taxi and support those guys, you know, because they need help. Uh, yeah, it, it's the one the one downside to the SoCal Open is that there is not a hotel like attached to the event. Yeah. So you do need to like find a way to get from your hotel to the event. Some people do walk. Um, it's a little bit of a it's a little bit of an uncomfortable distance. I would say your best bet is to just get a, a ride share or hitch a ride with your fellow attendees. Yeah. Any hotel you stay at, there's going to be other people there. Um, and then on the Facebook page, the SoCal Open, you can communicate with people like, hey, is there anyone I can hitch a ride with? I'll pay you, you know, I'll throw you 10 bucks for gas or whatever right. uh, for the weekend. So you do want to think that through. That, that is the one downside to what is otherwise a beautiful location. Um, Spike Jaw says, they should have went up today. Brandon flew up the guard rankings with the BAO. Yeah, Garrett just combined all the scores for the BAO today. So I imagine it's already in the ITC rankings, but... It happened literally like minutes before we went live. Yeah. Um, will Jeff win the ITC? He seems good, says Bugman1983. Well, he he definitely has the skill for it, and he's gotten so much better in the last couple of years. The downside is that he tends to shoutcast with GW, which means at the biggest events, uh, he and Frankie are working and not playing, which yeah. makes it really, really difficult uh, to yeah. win. He, I think you have to go to the LVO and you, play. It's pretty important you, if, if you're in the top 10. If you want to win the ITC, yeah. you really, really, really want to go to the LVO unless you've just crushed some huge... Like if you won the LGT, you know, you won Nova, you won Adepticon, you won SoCal, yeah. you might be able to not go to the LVO, but really if you want to maximize your odds of ranking highly, you want to go to the LVO. It's the biggest advantage, generates the most points. Although definitely... It's not as crazy uh, out of alignment as it was in years past. Yeah. Um, we definitely toned it down, but it's still the biggest event and it still generates the most points. Yeah. Uh, so you, you definitely want to go. It, Jeff, uh, we'll see. I mean, like the game plan is that he and Frankie are still going to be shoutcasting at the LVO and at Nova. And mm -hmm. if that is the case, it makes it really difficult uh, for them to get enough points. Yeah. And then they obviously already did it at Adepticon. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. Uh, ba -ba -bum. WS Disco Lord. The best thing about the SoCal Open is bringing a, a van for. That's Frank. <laughs> Frank. That's true. We, if you guys we have. We found Frank just wandering down the. We're like, Frank, where are you going, man? He's like, I don't know. If you guys, if you guys find yourself having heavily imbibed too much to drive, I'll, I'll take you home to your hotel. Jason's a good man. I know. Uh, Stiff Neck Studio Bonesaw calling it now. Matthew Ali wins War Games Con. Matthew Ali, I don't know who that is. He's in the fourth place. Yeah. I'm assuming there's he's a Texan a, because this guy, uh, Stiff Neck Studios, is talking about Texans being great. Yeah, there, there's, <laughs> oh, a, there's a lot yeah. of really good players in Texas. Um, and now that everybody's becoming more interconnected, you're seeing more people traveling. Like we had a bunch of people from Houston come out to the BAO and they had a great time. It's nice to say, I mean, right now the top 10, I would say four or five of them are people I've not seen in the top 10 before. Yep. People who I don't know, which is great. It's nice to see that. Yep. You know, seeing the same names on there is amazing because it shows that skill trumps um, uh, flash, I guess, you know, what, whatever the top list is of the day. But, um, you know, just seeing all these different names is like, who is this guy? But like, you know, he's probably really good locally for a long time. He's like, you know, now that it's picking up momentum, I'm going to go try some of these bigger events and then boom, you're in the top 10. Yeah. And then you realize that you're better than you thought you were. <laughs> yeah. Where's Nadavati? Uh, Nick, I don't know. Taking, Nick, a, taking a break, huh? I don't know. Nick, Nick hasn't been making a lot of... Uh... Hasn't made much of a splash this season for whatever reason. Maybe he's just swamped with this battle. He's got to do all his lists. He's got to check. Like, yeah. yeah, I'd love to travel, but I got a thousand lists. 
for it's a buck a piece. Critique, yeah. yeah, I got a critique. Uh, Red Bully says he's gunning for the best orcs uh, player slot. Well, good luck. You have some tough competition. You got to get through Rich Kilton, and uh, there's a ton of really uh, dedicated orc players that are very yeah. good. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll we'll see what Nanavati does. I know he's been really busy with all the stuff he's got going on. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, he's an incredibly good player. So you can never count him out, but I haven't been hearing much about a him. A lot of those big game East Coasters I haven't heard a lot about. No, you haven't. Maybe they're year. just working on something secret. <laughs> they're just biding their time. Like him and Copatch and all those guys are just, you know, in a circle just talking. Yeah. I don't, Team Happy's there. I don't know they're what. Just um, hanging out. I don't know what those guys have been up to. Yeah. Um, been a little bit quiet. You know, Beast Coast usually is throwing up Strangely big Strangely quiet. But, yeah. I would say, hmm. I would say uh, concerningly quiet. Hmm. Suspiciously quiet. That's the word. Suspiciously. Hmm. English major. We'll keep our eye on those sneaky Nick, East Coasters. Get on it. Press. <laughs> <laughs> Some secret project. Anyways. Uh, uh, Sam Bohr says you want a GT with Gene Seller Colts. Oh, oh okay. okay. Cool. You know he's playing. I just I just haven't heard anything about him winning anything big yeah. this, this season. <laughs> Red, Red Bully, that's <laughs> genius. <laughs> Red Bully says he's been feeding uh, Nanavati several dog shit lists to fix so he'll be busy this season. That's, That's right. A good That's a strategy. Just keep him busy. Uh, like, yeah. oh, you think you're going to that GT? No, no, no. Yeah. You gotta, I'm paying you five bucks a piece, dude. W- WSD Guller Lord, uh, he suspects that uh, Nova will be stacked with the Beast Coast heavy hitters. Uh, that makes sense. It's their uh, backyard. Arconian, yeah. thank you so much for subscribing with Twitch Prime. We really appreciate it. Helps to keep the lights on. Yeah, and, the, and the bummer is, too, with Nova, which is one of the bigger events, um, obviously a very prestigious event, very fun. Like, the some of the, 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 the best West Coast players that are out there can't actually play because um, they're shoutcasting or, you know, or, or whatever. So a lot of our traveling players are committed to helping, like, grow the community. And so, therefore, we don't get as many of our, you know, we don't get as many opportunities to put some of our best players out there and actually get the points and the notoriety. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's where it goes. Uh, All right. uh, Thank you so much for joining us today, everybody. We hope you enjoyed uh, episode 640 of Signals from the Frontline. Everyone that tuned in to the BAO stream, uh, thank you so much for the support and the, the kind words. We hope you enjoyed it. And we look forward to seeing everybody at SoCal. And then at Las Vegas Open, remember, once again, registration opens up at 8 a.m. Pacific Standard Time this Saturday, June 1st. If you're listening to this on iTunes or YouTube or whatever tube. That'll be tomorrow. It'll be tomorrow. 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Get down there. Just get the events that you need and get out. Yep. And Kill Team Stream. Yeah. Yeah, sorry. I didn't have a chance to uh, upload any pictures from the paint studio this week. Uh, was pretty busy trying to get all the images ready from the event and all yeah. the numbers and all that stuff. But uh, next week we'll have more pictures of the awesome stuff coming out of the FLG paint studio. Yep. All right, thank you so much for joining us and we will talk to you all next week.